you are listening to live. That's it. I hopped on one foot and fell, smashed my head on a glass table and bled from a cut in the middle of my forehead. My memory of this moment is painted by stories from my parents. Stories that ended with me getting five stitches, sitting still as each one was tightened to connect skin to skin. Every decision we make brings us closer to who we are today. Good ones and not so good ones. The not so thought out ones, like me putting my face into a corner of a table. Quien serás? Who will you be? What are the actions you'll take to get there? And on this episode, we've got three parts for you. An interview, which is me talking to someone else. An original audio drama, which is a short story with some sound effects. And an audio documentary. So, let's begin with the audio drama because why not? Kindergarten. You got crayons and little bins. Play-Doh, smellies in the air. Trying to write your name or draw your name legibly. Remember those moments? Now think of your best friend back then. Who were they? How did you guys get along? I present to you Paper Pals. I stood behind a mountain of blocks on the rug that looks like a racetrack. I dare you to eat paper, she said. I double dare you. Kindergarten is great. Me and Jamie have been trying to outdo ourselves since the last day. The moment was upon us. What kind? Your choice. Then I'll have some white lines, please. Coming up. Jamie went to Mr. Jackson to ask for some paper. I met Jamie on the second day of school, and ever since then we've been challenging ourselves to do funny things. Up to now, I've eaten glue and stapled my pinky. All she's done was eat some glitter and flick blocks at the boys. She told me she just moved to the city with her mom. Mr. Jackson only had construction paper. What color? Green. Is there any blue ones? Nope. Then I'm not eating it. You have to. I double dared you. I said white lined, not green paper. Nap time, Mr. Jackson called out. Jamie looked up. I'll sleep on it. Rolling out the blue mat on the floor, I took out my blanket. Nap time seemed to last hours. I couldn't sleep. I wanted to know if Jamie would take the dare. I slid around the room on my blue mat, as quiet as a bunny. Jamie was sleeping. Mr. Jackson was at his desk, and I was out of his sight. I got some blocks and built, broke and rebuilt, a column until nap time finished. Everyone rolled up their mats. Everyone was awake except Jamie. Mr. Jackson woke her up. She was six, and I was like six and a half. Maybe she challenged me to try and fit in. The glue dare wasn't bad, but the staple landed me in timeout. The glitter thing made Jamie drink almost a whole bottle of juice during snack time. Not to mention, she still has goodies. I was double thinking, my dear. Finger painting was fun. I made a giraffe. It had a long neck with green hair on it. Jamie made a dog. It was a brown dog. I don't think she used another color. I think she forgot about the dare. I won't do it. Do what? She continued to paint the dog even browner. I'm not going to eat the paper. Fine, I dare you to eat the paper. If we both eat it, then we'd get in trouble again. You're right. 
We can't dare this week. The pinky thing made Mr. Jackson mad. She showed me her picture. The brown dog began leaking from so much watercolors. Maybe you should use a different color. She picked up the green paint and started drawing spots on the dog. I dare you to eat the paint. I double dare you. Do you have blue paint? The voices in this piece were by Manuela Melguizo and Jasmine Schull, with sounds from freesound.org. It's in relationships with others that we learn how far we can go. And as I grew up, I fielded advice from many people. And on this episode, I wanted to talk about the decisions that we make and how they'll form who we'll be and who we are in this moment. So I took to the streets to find out what people had to say if they had some advice to give. What's up? I'm out here in Austin, Massachusetts, asking folks about young people. How are you as a young person? As a young person, I would say I was kind of like a little bit of a weirdo. <laughs> Keep busy, busy, busy. All the time do something. I mean, I didn't know what I wanted to do in my life. I mean, I'm, I'm in my 30s and I still don't, so. <laughs> I went to a Catholic all-boys prep school, um, so I had a little bit of a shelter. I didn't go to the public school route. And I was mostly a good kid. Yeah, you hesitated a little bit. I did, only because there's a couple things I did that I didn't get caught for, like stealing stuff that, uh, you know. Oh my God. Do you have any, do you know any young people in your life that are really cool? No, you have zero young people in your life? Jesus Christ. I was, I would tell them, you know, try to change the world before the world changes you. It's okay if you don't have all of the answers, you know, like, don't feel so much pressure to know everything now. Um, find your passions, do what makes you happy, what you love, all of that, you know, yeah. good stuff. They should play an active role. It is an alarming time in the United States of America. We, more than ever, perhaps, uh, need young people to take the challenges of this era seriously. What I see in, in young people, or the trend I see is your Twitch stream, your YouTube channel, your Instagram profile. Everyone is trying to build their own personal brand in a way that makes them really focus on what they're doing at all times. They don't want to do anything. They do, wait, wait, what do you say? What? You say what? Too selfish. Too selfish. Tell them to go volunteer in the shelter to do help other people. That's yeah. it. Did you do that when you're a young person? I do this now. I never mind young. Wait, 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 wait. Did you do this when you're a young person? All the time, all the time I do this. I feel like my friends at least, you know, we're trying our best to just, you know, do we have to do, go to school, be hardworking. Uh, what I see in young kids today is that mostly they're trying to blame somebody else. It's their environment, it's their parents, it's the school, it's whatever cards they got dealt. And it's like, no, you just effed up, you know, like, take, take the blame. They, they don't have to do nothing, so they have to do some community work. And they're not doing that? Just tell them to do the right thing and, and to, to keep himself busy so they don't get in trouble. Forget about all those marijuana and all those crazy things they do, you know. <laughs> all right. They want to be indoors. So I head to McDonald's and I grab some grub. But right when I'm wrapping up all this damn equipment, I see this kid. You're a young person. How old are you? Uh, 15. And you're, what are you doing right now? I'm working on McDonald's. Dennis Keen Sanders, you can be doing anything. Why do this? He says he's working to support his grandparents and making money just to buy some stuff for himself. I ask him about all the people talking smack about young folks just like him. He says older people shouldn't judge all the young people by the actions of some because we are not all the same. 
Angelo, un gusto. Thank you. And we've reached part two. Hey, what up? You're growing up, right? It went from talking about young people and like growing up to like, what does growing up look like? What does it mean? When is it that you've arrived in like grown up land? I talked to a very special person about this. She is awesome. I can hear my. <laughs> yeah, can you hear yourself? You know, I'm still such a kid. Like, I still laugh at like farting noises, people falling. <laughs> that's just, that's my mouth. <laughs> this is Jessica Blaze. I've known her since fast forward in my high school days, and she's really funny, and I think she's really insightful too. She's moved around a lot, and I wanted to ask her about it. So, I don't know the last time I saw you. So, I moved out of Boston. 2013, 2012-ish. Yep. And so since then oh I've God. been, yeah, it's been what? What's that? Like five, four or five years now. And you live in? Los Angeles. I'm kind of bi-coastal in that. I live in both Los Angeles and Washington, D.C. Just places where I can make some money, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Straight up money. You right. know, talking D.C. Because it is. Talking L.A. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so for me, growing up was always in it. Growing up was an interesting experience because I know I didn't have sort of a traditional childhood, you know, similar to a lot of the immigrant stories. It was just about working so you can make it right. And so trying to balance a lot of the expectations as a young American person coming up in an immigrant family and then also trying to be one within the community. So I always sort of felt like an outcast. And subsequently, that made me not really look at my environment as something to appreciate because for me it was always something I had to grow up from or I had to get better like I have to go somewhere else for me to succeed would mean like changing or moving or whatever it was so coming back here at least this is the first time I've come back and really had the opportunity to look around Boston and really appreciate it for what it was or for what it is like what changed in you since you've left I've spent a lot of time sort of reaffirming who I am. I've moved a lot since I've since I've been from Boston. So even undergrad, I was uh, at Denison, which is in Ohio. And then I went to graduate school in Pittsburgh. Then I lived in LA. I've lived in New York. I live in DC. And so for me, I realized at one point, and I, you know, I'm very open about like people going to therapy and like really bettering themselves. And one thing I remember one of my therapists had told me is that you, it seems like you're running away. And I was just like, no, I'm just trying to find the next opportunity, girl. Like I'm just trying to make it out here. But then part of this idea of success was me like moving away. Like, and after a while you realize, at least I thought like, what are you running away from? And a lot of it was like, I'm running away from my insecurities. I'm running away from these like thoughts of inadequacy in a sense. And and one thing my friend told me is like, no matter you know how far you go, you can never run away from your feelings. I spent a lot of time, especially because of the line of work that I'm in, just taking some time to really appreciate who I'm becoming as an adult and also appreciate the people that have been just really good friends and people in my circle and then appreciating that. So, because mm -hmm. it's, you know, this world is crazy. So it's a lot to kind of step back from the noise and kind of position yourself in a place where you can think about, just be happy with what you've already been able to accomplish. 
was there a moment where you felt like you had to confront the stuff that you were kind of running away from? Yeah. So I'll backtrack. When I moved to New York, New York was great. I literally dropped everything (laughs) that I was doing. In retrospect, I could have done a better job, but I was working in advertisement and I was like, this is not what I want to do. So I like quit my job and I left. And that transition was kind of a culture shock because although I've been in New York and I had actually interned there a few times, it was like a different space where if you didn't have a good sense of who you are, and sort of your own boundaries like you can get lost in the sauce because as you imagine as you know that it's humongous i mean there were sometimes i got to some really bad lows because i was just feeling so kind not only was i feeling kind of like lonely but i was like look what you did to yourself like you moved away from everything that you had to start something new and look at where you are and like those kind of like demons started creeping in like what are you doing with yourself I got to those places I had a choice where I could either turn to different things to self-medicate or I could try to find help and at the time I did a little bit of both I'll be honest Uh (laughs) (laughs) Um, so when I got to those lows I sought help and and then I started being very honest with the people around me who I know would be listening because transitions no matter and on the time at the time when I was in New York I was also commuting back and forth from Boston because I was in a relationship not only were they like the, you know, the sort of chip on your shoulder, but it was like someone, there was a physical form telling you you made a wrong decision. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, but you know, it's cliche, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, but, and so I think those experiences also pushed me to keep wanting more and better for myself. But I think at the time too, it, it made me think about Comfort is very dangerous, right? Because comfort feels nice and feels good. And I, what I'm grateful about these experiences is that they've always put me in a level of discomfort in which I've had to change for something better. You hinted a little bit at, at the idea of success being moving away, mm-hmm. uh, being independent, but you also hinted that that's not really mm-hmm. the crux of what it means to be successful. Yes. I, so I'll give you what my traditional idea of success was, is like making a lot of money, having extreme, com- extreme comfort. Um, and I never felt like I was there because I was, it, it's sort of like a hedonistic cycle. It's like once you get to one step, you're looking ahead at the other. So you just kind of keep going and going. And sometimes you're, it's like you're going in a, in a circle in a sense. Um, and even now, right, I'm so grateful that I've been able to, ha- to have the experience that I've had in even in work and just the people that I know. And before, I never credited that like as success. I just like, OK, that's just another pillar to getting to success. But now I'm currently redefining what that means for me. I'm st- I still have don't have a solid definition, but I know it's like detangling what this like um surface level idea of success means and understanding like that's not my definition of success that's what like maybe I grew up with or society tells you that's what's successful for me growth doesn't stop and I I feel like people who are in who are just starting their journeys or spending you know taking some time to really think about themselves is just understanding and giving yourself credit that like growth doesn't there's no end to that and making sure you're good to yourself 
um, throughout the process. Because I know for me, it took me a long time to really say, Jess, I appreciate you. I appreciate that you work hard and I appreciate that you love the people that you do or, you know, it's always been a consistent sort of you could be doing more. Just continuing to be good to yourself and um, even when it comes to matters of relationships and love. And I think one of the reasons why I think a lot of relationships kind of falter and even relationships with ourselves is because we're not managing our expectations or managing kind of what our milestones are. It's always like, I want more, I need you to do more, I need me to do more, I need this, and I need that, and both kind of are not on the same page, because you're not really in sync with what's around you and yourself. I want- this is really deep. I, I was ready to, hey. like, laugh and, hey, like, sorry. make jokes, but I appreciate it. I mean, it's if it's cool with you, it's cool with yeah, me. Yeah, I, so. I, I love hearing mm-hmm. about what you're going through, because I think it's insightful for me. Thanks, Jess. Thank you, Renee. Um, I'm so happy I got to speak with you. Send some time. Okay, I'm gonna hit pause on this. And okay, we're gonna hang out. Ciao. Oh, listen to this situation ship if you want to plug my. <laughs> <shit> in. <laughs> the music that you heard in this piece was from Pottington Bear and Uncle Milk. And thank you so much to Jessica for hanging out with me and talking about success and what that means. Uh, you can check out her work online she has a podcast called the situationship and if you just search the situationship on soundcloud you can find it um jess talks about a lot of things and it's all like relative to each other and i want to just play you a little piece uh from an interview that i had with Corey depina a while back that i think sums it up very nicely Growing up, the things that changed around me were beyond my power. Because who wants anything to change? You feel really comfortable around things that you know. And you feel very safe around things that you know. So when the neighborhood gets gentrified, or when the school closes, or when they evict you from your apartment, or when someone steals everything you own, or someone takes your car and breaks it, those are situations that create change that you may not want. So then you have to learn to deal with it. Uh, the more that things have changed, the more opportunity I get to ask the question, how do I feel and where do I feel within that change? Most of the situations that I've dealt with, I had to deal with change, have been not so much me dealing with myself, but figuring out how to deal with other people based off that change. So for instance, one of the biggest things was my sexuality. When I chose to come out the closet and to say that I love someone of the same gender, um, one of the biggest things that I knew would change would be my relationships with people. But at the core of it, it wasn't so much how I felt about them, it was how they felt about me. When it comes to things that are beyond my control, um, the only thing I ultimately have control over at the end of the day is myself and my actions. So um, when change needs to happen, um, I look at myself first and and try to not get caught up in whatever scenario it is outside that's changing, but figure out what's the best for me inside for me. That's I, I think that's the best way to put it. Before we get into part three, wait up, we gotta catch a train. I know we're here on the radio, but just, no, we're not actually. It's coming, I gotta get on it. Man, I 
hope I got my ticket. Um, this next piece is in a different language. Checking tickets. Tengan su boleto salomano. Okay, I'm gonna just check my pockets and see if I have my ticket. I have my ticket. I swear, it just came when I, when I was born somewhere. Señor, tienes tu boleto? Yeah, I know. I have it here. What? Aquí se habla Spanglish. Tienes tu boleto o no tienes? Sí, lo tengo aquí. Compadre, this this boleto está antiguazo. I know, pero es que lo tenía por hace, hace tiempo que no lo uso. This one time I'm gonna let you on. Next time I see you, te voy a tirar. Pero you're good right now. Enjoy the ride. Whew. Okay. Um, este próximo audio documentary está en español. You know, we're gonna visit two places. Vamos a visitar dos lugares with my pops. Cuando mi papá está reflejando sobre su vida y lo que significa el retiro. Me llevaron los, oh, los padres a, a la playa. Entonces se me quedó grabado esa niñez de 5 o 6 años. Y conforme han pasado los años, vive en mí el recuerdo de la playa. El recuerdo de la playa. The memory of the beach lives within my father. Aquí encontramos a mi papá hablando de su querida playa. De los recuerdos que son como un magnetismo que lo trae cada año. Estamos en camino a la primera playa con la asistencia de una nueva amiga. I'm sorry for that. I told you where I... Destination is on your left. Castle Island Beach. Arrived. En esta historia, mi padre y yo visitamos a dos playas. Uno, calientito. Y otra, muy, pero muy fría. Esta fue, se puede decir, la primera vez de este año que hemos tenido tremenda cantidad de nieve. Y ahorita estamos a, ¿cuánto? Como a menos siete. ¿Por qué estamos acá? Porque esta mañana, cuando me desperté, yo me dije, ¿qué me gustaría hacer a mí? Y dije, playa, playa. Y cada día que quiero ir a la playa, nadie quiere ir conmigo. Y especialmente hoy día que es nieve por todo sitio, dije, voy a preguntarle a mi hijo René si me quiere acompañar. Y mi hijo René dijo, por supuesto, podemos ir. Ese es con todo wow. Ahora voy a tomar unas fotos para tener de recuerdo. Ok. <risa> ok, pa. All right. Let's do it. Oh, buena idea. Jesus Christ, where the hell are we? What the hell are we doing? Ok. En este momento estamos en Castle Island. El parte del el mar está frisado. Podemos ver la ciudad de Boston tremenda y con los aviones constantemente llegando al aeropuerto. Es una, una vista tremenda. Estamos cerca de un monumento. ¿Qué, por, qué, ¿Por qué es importante irse a la playa? Es, eh, bueno, para mí siempre ha sido algo que me atrae el mar y me siento como algo o oh, me gusta tener diferentes sensaciones en la vida 
y en este momento pues la sensación del frío es tremenda y ver cómo hay gente y, y perros que están también corriendo por acá por encima de la nieve es bonito, me siento bien, me da como energía me estoy refregando mis manos para que mis dedos no se me rompan por el frío va a ser diferente cuando te vas a la playa en el verano no pero para serte franco es la primera vez que vengo a la playa con así con nieve y eso es tremendo está hermoso o sea mirar cómo la vida cambia cómo cada segundo es diferente como hemos estado la vez pasada jugando pelota para la chica más bonita del mundo isabel saldaña un placer haberte conocido tanto tiempo y que eres mi esposa, mi cariño, mi vida, todo. Y que me has dado toda la alegría del mundo. ¿Y qué tiene que ser con la playa eso? Ah, oh, pues que a ella nunca le gusta venir a la playa, especialmente en invierno. Así que chavalita, te voy a llevar un poco de nieve. Pasan minutos, pasan semanas y llegamos a Perú en puro verano. Ahorita estamos en un lugar eh, que se llama la Isla del Sol. Una playa muy bonita que nos ha traído Carlos, un familiar de Isabel. Entonces estamos ahorita en un lugar en Pachacamac, un poquito como de dos horas a dos horas y media de la ciudad de Lima. Estamos acompañados de René que está grabando. Es un día hermoso, está un poquito nublado, pero es lindo ver la playa, los niños corriendo, los padres tomando de la mano a los niños las pericas volando, el viento que está moviendo el pelo de René, el silencio de la playa, las rocas oscuras, estamos en un lugar muy hermoso. No es libertad tal vez de expresión estar en, en un ambiente totalmente alejado después de la sociedad eso quieres saber ¿Qué estás tratando de decir? El, que el ser humano cambia cada día cada instante cada minuto nuestras vidas eh, cambian por una idea una palabra que escuchas un libro que lees una película el, el, es como nuestra vida, son como los ríos constantes, tienes el mismo nombre, pero cambias segundo a segundo, son otras aguas. En este caso son otra mentalidad que tienes cada segundo. Y en mi caso, ahorita estoy en un momento de... Eh, estoy cruzando la línea, como dicen, de la tercera edad, donde estoy eh, yendo al retiro. Es, eh, tengo 66 años y hay muchas cosas que he debido de hacer cuando he sido más joven, que no tenía el valor de hacerlas. Y ahora que soy mayor... 
me doy cuenta de todas esas fallas que he tenido y trato de corregir las fallas. Y el simple hecho de entrar a la playa en la forma que tuviste, eh, una forma corriendo y tirándome al agua, es eh, lo que estoy haciendo los últimos, eh, tal vez unos dos años de mi vida, es eh, decisiones que tomas hay que hacerlas de inmediato. Y la decisión que uno toma, por ejemplo, de ir a una piscina, es porque te vas a ir a bañar. Entonces, ¿cuál es la gracia de estar sentado, mirando que los demás se divierten en el agua, mientras tú estás mirando? Y entonces lo que yo te quiero decir a, a mí mismo y a ti que estás escuchando y a los que escuchen es, la acción es la base de todo lo que quieres hacer. Y en el caso de que yo me tiré ayer al agua y que tú me estás diciendo, oh, fui corriendo y me metí al agua ya, es eso, porque el, el agua estaba fría, pero hay gente bañándose, lo que significa de que el agua está hermosa. ¿Y para qué le voy a dar más vueltas al asunto? Si a mí me gusta el agua, me gusta el mar, ¿por qué voy a estar mirando a la gente? Entonces, por eso es que tú me viste que toqué el agua y empecé a correr y me tiré y nadé y me fui feliz. Y a las finales también, eh, se puede decir, inculqué a mi hijo que hizo lo mismo. Se metió al agua y también no tuvo ningún temor. Lo cual vemos es que la acción es la base para todos, para ti mismo y para los que están alrededor tuyo. Interesante. Um, y también me dice piche ahí dentro. <risa> Esa fue otra acción que yo... Uy, de... pero... Pobres pescaditos. Yo, lo que... yo dije, ok, me entro y después dije, tengo que irlo ahí. Yo grabé esta historia en el 2018, en las playas de Castle Island, en Boston, Massachusetts, y Isla del Sol, en Pachacamac, Lima, Perú. The music was made by Chad Crouch, and I want to give a special thanks to my papa, por sharing his joy for the playa conmigo. Gracias. Cuando miras adentro de ti mismo, when you're looking within, ¿quién eres? Who are you? Right now. I am a culmination of my past decisions, but that future me, that future you, that's still being made and will always be an opportunity to reflect who you are, and who you want to be. I hopped on one foot, fell, smacked my head on a glass table, bled from a cut in the middle of my forehead. I got five stitches that day. None of them I remember being placed in there. That wasn't my intention, but the decisions I took that day led to that. And I think that's another angle here, that the decisions that you make are only one step towards what you want, and those decisions can also lead to unintended consequences. So to plant that seed, think about it. Moving cross-country might give you a new appreciation for what home means. A visit to the beach, La Playa, can remind you to be more intentional and motivated. And 2020 hindsight, growing up is easy, but when you're in it, it's not. And having friends that will push you every day is important. So don't be too hard on yourself and, and take this day step by step. This is Life That's It. My name is Rene Dongo and thank you so much for tuning in and taking the time to listen to this. Thank you. I was going to blow a kiss, but no, I'm not going to Thank you for listening to Life That's It. Please leave a review on iTunes. And if you have any feedback, 
Contact Rene at Dongo Song via social media. You can find this show and past episodes on iTunes and SoundCloud by searching for Life Does It. That's L I F E, Life. D A S I T, Does It. <laughs>